is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Muthita Panmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle. Not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi, everyone. So please welcome my special guest right here to Get Unstuck Radio, Adam Cox, and he is hypnotist, demanded by celebrity CEOs or even royalty. Thank you so much for joining me, Adam. It's a privilege to be on your show. Thank you so much. Yeah, so we switched the position last time I joined Adam's show, and it was so much fun. And today I have a privilege to interview you and get to learn more about what you do. So, Fantastic! Yeah. Yeah. So I know that you have many businesses. Like you actually told me that you have like more than twenty-five team members. Wow, that's very amazing. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I started my entrepreneurial entrepreneurial journey in my teenage years. Um, so I, I started off <clears throat> buying things at car boot sales and selling them for a profit um, when I was about twelve or thirteen years old. Uh, at the age of fifteen, I created a direct marketing company. So I used to take out adverts in local newspapers, classified ads, and then um, generate leads and then sell courses and reports and things like that. But my proper business. Um, was actually at the age of 23 years old. I launched a PR agency. Uh, I still run that PR agency now. Uh, it turns over uh, over a million pounds a year. We have uh, approaching 30 staff, uh, and and effectively, you know, that's for a long time what I was known as. You know, this guy, the you know, very young, set up a PR agency. It's it's one of the um, fastest growing PR agencies in the UK. Um, but about five years ago, I decided that. You know, I had this intuitive calling towards psychology, towards helping people make changes, mainly because I'd made so many changes myself. Mm. So about five, six years ago, I trained and qualified with distinctions in clinical hypnotherapy. And the difference between me and everyone else that qualified, qualified as a clinical hypnotherapist is that I'd run a business for almost 20 years and I knew about marketing and branding and generating clients. So very rapidly that enabled me to become a fairly high profile hypnotist in the UK, working with high profile clients. And, you know, it sounds a little bit cheeky because, you know, of, of how I do it, but I really consider hypnosis uh, what I consider a lucrative hobby. So I do it for fun. I do it, you know, because not because I have to, but because I enjoy it, but it also makes me decent money as well. And, and I think, you know, I think if you can have your hobbies, create an income for you that's a nice way to spend your free time oh yeah i couldn't agree more on that so let's go back why you start entrepreneurial journey um i think two things one there was a lack of um financial resources 
in my childhood. Um, at the age of about 12 years old, uh, maybe 11 years old, 12 years old, uh, my dad decided to go back to university. So he didn't have a degree, but he was really wanting to uh, pursue uh, a degree. So he did that. The consequence for the family, though, is that the amount of income in the home went down rapidly. Um, and I remember feeling ashamed, embarrassed, you know, humiliated uh, by the clothes that I had, the bags, the trainers, things like that. So it gave me a desire to rather than complain or moan, to try and take a bit of responsibility. So I was motivated mainly from a sense of personal pride, like how can I, how can I create money? And, and at the age of 12, it's difficult to make money through employment. I had about five paper rounds, and even with all those paper rounds, it was making hardly any money. And I found that I could make more money buying and selling things than I could in my paper rounds. And the paper rounds was hard work. You know, it was carrying lots of heavy newspapers in, you know, in the British weather, cold, rain, snow, you know, and that again is where motivation comes from. Sometimes, you know, the best teacher is hard work and frustration. And I got frustrated about how hard I was working and how little I was making. And again, I, I took it up on myself to think, well, how do I solve this problem? And, and whereas other paper boys would earn their money and spend it all straight away on sweets, I would save up that money. And I bought things like a computer, a printer, the kind of things that helped me to um, have a, an element of control over my income. And, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful now for the scarcity, relative scarcity uh, that I had in my teenage years, because it, it gave me a sense of self-motivation. Mm hmm. Wow. And, and from there, like from the very first business that you have started, what makes what inspire you to start the second business that like many people might wait until that one stable first. But what is your strategy to expand the businesses? Yeah, so for, for me, the, 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 the PR business that I launched at the age of 23, and I was 37, about 37 when I trained as a, as a hypnotherapist. So it was stable at that point. It was um, profitable. It had a, a full team. Um, so it wasn't that I needed to have the second business. It was more that I was constantly having thoughts and ideas about hypnosis and psychology and a, and a, a particular branch of psychology called neurolinguistic programming. I'd always had a fascination and interest in that area. And I kind of looked at what I was doing in my free time. I was reading books and watching videos about this kind of stuff. What I wasn't doing in my free time is learning more about um, public relations. You know, So I kind of felt that my calling or my, my passion, my interest was taking me towards this area of psychology. Um, and I decided to do something about it. You know, so I, you know, I, I qualified, I studied, and then I built a side business around that. And the goal was never to, to make it my primary business or um, become financially successful. It was just a way of turning my hobby into something um, that I would commit to and, and stick to. Um, and the fact that it makes money, I think, is a side effect of creating value for other people. So I wasn't chasing the money. It was more a case of, you know, do something that you're passionate about, get very good at that, see if you can help people, and then build a business around that skill set. And does the hypnotist really have a niche or it's only in general? I just asked from someone who's not really familiar with this area at all. 
Yeah. So most hypnotherapists, at least in the UK, are generalists. So typically uh, an advert or a website for a hypnotherapist will say, I can help you with, and then there's a list of like a hundred things, everything from nail biting to shyness, to confidence, to anxiety. And, and for me, knowing what I know about branding is that you've got to specialize. You've got to demonstrate an area of expertise. I just didn't know what area of expertise I was going to specialize in. So, you know, to use marketing terminology, I decided to do a split test. Mm -hmm. um, so rather than create one hypnosis brand, I created three hypnosis brands. And the, the, the three hypnosis brands that I created was Hypnoslimming, which was a weight loss hypnotherapy specialist. Phobia Guru, which was helping people deal specifically with uh, phobias uh, that were debilitating in some way. And then the third brand was called Addiction Experts. Mm. So I thought, if I help people with weight issues, if I help people with phobias, if I help people with addictions, then if someone's got an addiction, they're going to go in Google or they're going to go in YouTube and seek out information about that addiction. If they've got a phobia, they're going to go on YouTube or, or Google and, and seek out information about that phobia. So by me having three different websites with all different landing pages, um, creating video content around each of those issues, what it meant is that I was able to generate um, free leads, free inquiries. Um, the SEO went up a lot. I was able to get PR coverage based on my brands. And whenever you get PR coverage on online websites, it's not unusual for them to link back to the page that you're from. And then you get the SEO value of that. So, you know, my understanding of business and marketing really helped me to become not just, you know, most hypnotherapists, they don't have many clients, unfortunately, you know, they might have a lot of competency, but they don't have many clients. I've always been good at generating clients, you know, that that's kind of a skill that I have. And when you take the skill of generating clients and also the skill of hypnotherapy, well, then your business can really grow from that. So I was fortunate in the sense that I had enough understanding about branding, marketing, lead generation, and sales to take an idea, a project, and turn it into something that would legitimately work as a business. I think, I think people who are hypnotists in my social circle that I know, they might come from therapist or a general coach or something like that before not like having a marketing background therefore they are struggling about generating clients in that sense like marketing part and also bring to the sales for now that keeps nurturing the leads or like closing sale which is you already familiar with those things that's why the way you start are like inwards for them yeah totally and and i think a lot of people um have got this element of fear you know when they set mm. up a business you know and and so many hypnotherapist and we had the same level of training at that point mm -hmm. and they were like oh i need to learn a bit more or i need to get business cards printed and i need to i need to do more training and i was like i'm gonna find my, myself some clients you know i'm gonna you know i said what's your business gonna be called and they're like oh i don't have a name you know for me the the confidence was there and and, and belief in myself that i was just gonna go out and help loads and loads of people and that created a self-fulfilling prophecy because I had the energy, the enthusiasm, uh, the self-belief. Because if you call a hypnotherapist and they don't sound certain that they can help, you're not going to work with them. But they would call me and say, do you think I can help? And I'm like, absolutely. You know, and then that 
that gives them that confidence that a change is going to take place, which becomes again a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think most of the like who I know when when they mention about hey, can you help me about this thing, they're gonna say, I think we should have a call first. <laughs> like that's always the first sentence that I got. I think we should have a talk first, and then we can take it from there. I'm like, okay, you're not gonna tell me anything further, like how it's like working with you or something like that. That's kind of scared me. <laughs> It can be, but I mean, a lot of a lot of people follow these kind of um, processes that are designed to sell more high ticket, you know, value items, and mm-hmm. and people know that if you if you ask for too much too soon, you're not giving people the breathing space to make that kind of consideration. Um, and I do something similar, you know, I offer free thirty minute calls for people to have a chat with me and just ask any question they want first before they work with me, and I think that's fair because. You know, your people are reluctant to work with a hypnotherapist unless they feel that that hypnotherapist is knowledgeable, really understands them. You know, can answer the questions properly, and I think I think that's understandable. But equally, you know, if someone just calls me up and they've got a few questions, I'm going to answer those questions. You know, I'm not going to, you know, try and stall them and and try and switch them into you know some kind of sales funnel. You know, people are people, and if you if you give people direct answers. They appreciate that. And that's actually a rapport builder. Whereas if you, you know, if you want to work with someone and you can't get a straight answer from that person, that decreases your likelihood of working with that person, which is a, is a shame. Yeah. I'm asking you why you don't have my answer, right? Something like that. Mm, massively. Yeah. Yeah. So do you still remember your first clients? How was it? Oh, I was so nervous. Um, <laughs> It was a weight loss client oh. um, and uh, I'd, I'd rented this space in, uh, in Harley Street, a very expensive part of London. You know, it's where the, the kind of the rich and famous kind of get their healthcare um, in London. Hmm. Uh, mainly from a branding point of view, I wanted to be seen to be the very best. So even though I was fairly new, I wanted to come across like I was very, you know, kind of high level. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember feeling very nervous just before but then when it started i was just suddenly all this confidence and conviction came from nowhere and and i really helped her and you know she did lose weight um and uh, and i felt i like this this is what this is what i'm meant to be doing and i think you know there's a lot of things that sometimes you try and you're like oh i'm not really sure how i feel about that but with hypnosis the very first you know time i was working with clients you know, it felt great and, and I felt like I had a natural talent for it. Yeah, I think I agree on that because like the time that I feel aligned with myself the most is like the current job that I'm doing currently. Like back in the years that like three years ago that I'm not actually familiar with this just yet, but I read a lot. Like I really go deep into it and I have never get bored until now. So I totally understand and I believe that Anyone who listening to this, if you are working on your dreams currently, that's totally fine. If like it's not the right one yet, it will come. Like when you feel aligned, happy, and so fulfilled with what you are doing, don't worry about it. <laughs> that's it, you know. And and I think listen to your intuition as well, because for for me, you know, I had this feeling that I was financially successful. You know, I as a result of creating a business in my early twenties, I became a self-made millionaire by the age of 27. So financially, um, I'd, I'd achieved a certain amount, you know, and I took most of the money. I've never been this kind of person that spends it on like cars or clothes. So 
the money I made from my business, I invested in property and then that property increased in value. So um, for, for me, you know, technically in my thirties, I was thinking I should be really happy now. I should be really fulfilled. You know, I've kind of, you know, quote unquote successful, but I still had this kind of intuitive calling towards psychology and hypnosis. And, and for a long time, I ignored it. Mm. Um, but actually the moment that I actually kind of responded to that, um, not just financially, you know, but even my, my first business, my PR company, that started doing better because I had a bit more enthusiasm. I had a bit more, you know, kind of passion for life because I was pursuing something that was really meaningful to me. And then all these other areas of my life also got better. So sometimes I think people think in, in a binary way, it's like yes or no, all or nothing. And I was reluctant to kind of think, well, I can't just do a bit of hypnosis and, and a bit of PR. Actually, you can, you know, everyone gets to live life on exactly their terms. You've got to work out what's important, prioritize what makes you feel good, and then spend your time accordingly with that. And, you know, for, for me, all it means now is that I watch less TV and, you know, my, my, my social time, my free time, you know, sometimes involves working with clients, but that's fun for me. You know, it wouldn't be fun for everyone. A lot of people look at me and they say, oh, what are you doing on your weekend? And I'm like, oh, I'm hosting a workshop. I've, I've got this podcast. I'm seeing this clients. And they're like, but it's your weekend. You need time off. And it's like, well, no, and I don't need time off. Like this is, this is genuinely fun for me. Yeah. You pick your own life, right? And everything will flow into places that like, as you wish, actually. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I talked to you before about that. Like, I really believe that you have to put your personal preference first and then let all the business or like any other areas of your life support you to make that happen. Because if not, you have only one life, right? Well, that's, that's it. And, and that's why, you know, I've had people tell me, like they get angry sometimes. They say, look, no, no, no. Your hypnosis is a business. It's a job, you know? And I'm like, no, it's just a lucrative hobby, you know, because I don't want to label it anything other than a hobby for me. I don't care how much money I make from it. It's a hobby. It's something that I'm doing because I enjoy doing it. And, you know, it, it fulfills me in some way. Now, some people's hobby might be fishing. Some people's hobby might be sports. Some people's hobby might be watching movies. This is my hobby, you know? And I think when you do something from a point of passion and purpose, you get a different side of someone than if it feels like a job. Um, so for me, you know, I, I could make a million pounds a year from hypnosis. It's still my hobby. You know, it's, it's not going to change. Yeah. Detached from the outcome, right? Cause people mm. can feel that. Ah, yeah, that's, that's right. So since you have already success in most of the thing, everything that you do actually. So do you think how important the mindset of like wealth creation and how it's combined with hypnosis to help any of my clients, uh, sorry, any of my audience currently like understand better of like human's mind in general? Yeah. So I actually do a talk, you know, prior to COVID, I would be on stages. And, and one of the talks that I do is called Hypnotic Wealth. Um, and and the, the, the talk starts with a metaphor. Uh, so everyone's got a favorite time machine movie. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what's your favorite time machine movie? Mm, Doraemon, I guess. <laughs> Have you ever watched that? Which one's that called? You'd, I'm not sure. It's a cartoon, Doraemon. I'm not sure that you know that or not. They okay, have like I'm not familiar with that. 
yeah, they have a gadget like time machine and they can just like fly back in time, something like that. Nice. So yeah, whether it's a cartoon, whether it's a movie, but people get the concept of going back in time. Now, from a wealth perspective, if you had a time machine and you could go back in time, let's say 10 years, but retain all the knowledge and experience that you have right now and go back 10 years, during that 10 year period with all that knowledge and experience, you would definitely be, if not a billionaire, a multi, multi-millionaire in the present. Um, because you would know, for example, that uh, the, the share price of Tesla has gone up massively. And therefore, you buy it when it's cheap 10 years ago, and then suddenly it increases massively in value. You're going to be very, very wealthy. There might be certain locations in your country or your city that property was quite cheap and now it's very expensive and you would have that knowledge. So with the time machine, you could buy that and then you'd be very, very wealthy. There might be other things, not just share prices. It might be currencies. It might be Bitcoin. But with that knowledge and the time machine, you are guaranteed to be insanely wealthy. So I ask people that. I say, look, with the time machine, you've got all this knowledge. What do you do to make yourself wealthy? And nobody says a job. Nobody says, I'm going to get a job at Google. They might buy shares in Google, but they're not going to get a job in Google, if that makes sense. Because the key thing is, with that knowledge, people are more comfortable with risks. Because effectively, the, the number one thing that stops people becoming financially wealthy is their beliefs and attitude to wealth, uh, to, to risk. So with a time machine, there is zero risk. There's only guarantees. So of course, everyone's wealthy. And the trick is that if you change your attitude to risk in a certain way, then you've got just as much probability of being wealthy, um, almost as much as if you had a time machine, because you just you you constantly respond to your environment, your feedback, your choices um, to enable that to happen. But the key thing is, if your attitude of risk paralyzes action and you never actually do anything, well then you're guaranteed not to be wealthy. And most people are following the wrong strategy. Most people uh, will look at money, including debt as a resource to give them experiences or materialistic things that reduce in value. So if you go on a holiday, it might cost 2000 pounds in British currency for that holiday. And then the moment that holiday is finished, it's worthless. It's just a memory. Okay. Now that's not a bad thing. People like good experiences, but from a financial point of view, if you've got into debt or a loan or a credit card to buy that holiday, you're now carrying the debt and you have no asset. Okay. But if someone borrowed money, let's say, to acquire an asset, and that asset might be a property that then gives them uh, rent every month, well, the debt's going to get lower as they pay that off, but the asset's going to increase in value. Um, now, the key difference is um, the appetite for risk. And, and for me, hypnosis is very, very good at changing beliefs, changing attitudes, uh, resolving in a conflict reducing anxiety and you have a lot of anxiety when people think about big financial decisions. Um, so I work with clients uh, in groups or one-on-one -on -one to use hypnosis specifically to change how they think about money, how they think about wealth, how they think about risk to um, take them into a future where they're going to be wealthy. Now, not everyone wants to be wealthy, but there are a lot of people that want to be wealthy, but guaranteed will not be wealthy because of the psychological beliefs or issues they have going on or associations with money. Um, so that's, that's a key part of what I do. I, I help people become financially wealthy by changing how they think. 
yeah, that actually makes sense. And it's not so like a woo-woo perspective at all. Like that's very really logical explanation, actually. Yeah, well, I remember having a conversation with my dad when I was about 14 years old. And uh, my dad has always been an employee. He's always been risk averse. He has a certain attitude to risk. And I remember being, you know, very young, asking him about business because that's where my interests were lying. Um, and, uh, and he said, oh, it's too risky. He gave me instantly within seconds a statistic about how many businesses fail in the first year. Um, so his beliefs about business are that business is risky. Okay. For me, my belief about business is that um, it's a, uh, a catalyst, uh, a vehicle for financial freedom. And also, I hated taking uh, direction from other people. You know, I hated it. If someone said, oh, can you do this? I'm like, I don't want to do it. Um, so I kind of knew that I had to be my own boss because I would be a terrible employee. I'd be the worst. I'd be contradicting things, doing things my own way. So, you know, it kind of means that if, if being an employee isn't really viable for me, I have to get good at business. I have to. Uh, and what I've learned is that I built businesses. Uh, I improved. I learned. And then the cash flow that comes from those businesses, I then buy assets like property or stocks and shares. Um, and then they increase in value. Um, and as they increase in value, my net worth increases, which means that it's even easier for me to borrow more money to buy more assets and then become even wealthier. Um, but most people don't see it that way. Most people would consider a business risky, investing risky, property risky. Whereas I consider having a job for life, hoping that you're still going to be employed. That's risky for me. I wouldn't want to give all that power to other people. So my beliefs about risk are different from most people's, but you know, we're each entitled to our own belief systems. You know, it's not right or wrong. It's just my beliefs have helped me and someone as an employee, their beliefs hopefully will help them. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's their own preference again. It's, it's always go back to what you prefer, right? And how do you see success? Because each person has different definition of success also. That you mentioned, not everyone wants to be wealthy, but if you want to, you have to go to a particular direction that can currently do well, because if not, you can miss those opportunities as well. Yeah, and I'd love to, I'd love to say that every year has been successful. You know, I remember um, about a year and a half ago, I lost £70,000 in two months. Um, now, luckily, I had enough financial resources to weather that particular storm. Um, and I think losing money is a great teacher. You know, you, it, it sharpens the mind to start making much better decisions. Um, but at the same time, you know, I could only deal with difficult periods of time because of the wealth that I'd created and the wealth that I created was directly proportionate to my mindset. Because if you mm -hmm. use mindset to, um, you know, as a, as a collective term to represent all these different things like values, beliefs, attitudes, fears, well, all of that together, you can call it mindset. So for me, my mindset has made me wealthy. It's given me a lot of freedom. It's given me a lot of control over the destiny of my life. So I'm a big believer in the power of mindset. The problem is most people um, don't realize how quickly and easily they can change their mindset. Um, and even if they could change it, they don't know what to change it from and to. Uh, and that's why one of my podcasts is called Modern Mindset, where people can listen to that and hear like genuine experts in all different areas and think, ah, if I think how they think, I can get those kind of results. And, you know, that is a shortcut to help people create what they want in life. 
is is my belief. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if you listen to the expert and you get to understand the way they think, the system that they have been living, and they get the result accordingly, you just duplicate that because it has already proven that it's worked. So in that case, anyone in case they want to work with you or want to follow you, how can they reach out to you then? Yeah, so I mean, I have a website which is adamcox.co.uk. Um, if someone has a phobia and they don't want that phobia anymore, they can go to phobiaguru.com. Uh, if someone's listening and they want to lose weight and they can't lose weight, they can go to my website, hypnoslimming.com. Um, if someone wants to hear my podcast called Modern Mindset, then just put Modern Mindset in any uh, podcast platform like Spotify or Apple, you'll be able to find me. And if you want to hear my real life hypnosis sessions that I do, I have a podcast called The Hypnotist. And again, you can find that on any platform. Um, and uh, yeah, re reach out to me. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. So look for Adam Cox, uh, look for a bold English guy, and then you'll, you'll find me. You're amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today, Adam. You're very, very welcome. Thank you. hope this episode inspires you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck. 